Hello, and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore Experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. And now your host, Derek Dysart. Welcome to Core Sampler. My name is Derek Dysart, and in this episode, we're talking with Una Verhoeven. Uh, we're live at Subcon EU in Amsterdam. Una, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. You, so I had you on the holiday, the holiday show. Um, been trying to get you on for a full episode for a while now. Um, why don't you tell folks uh, kind of how you, you kind of an in- interesting story of kind of how you got to the Sitecore platform and how you got involved and uh, made it part of your life. Well, actually, it was a bit like an accident because one of my previous companies, before that, I was a 3D developer and uh, there were no projects. So they asked me, they want to do a Sitecore development? And I already heard some stories about Sitecore and I come from a .NET CMS background. So I wanted just to give it a shot and to see how it goes. And when I had training in Belgium, um, I got one of my first projects immediately and I actually fell in love with it because the way how I look at it, it's plug and play. I can pipeline everything, I can overwrite everything, I can customize everything. Everything and as a developer, they, that makes a very big impact. And on top of that, when you add entire personalization and the marketing platform on it, and uh, I have to admit, mainly now what draws me into it, I know it's a cliche, but those are all the user groups and the people because they are actually the ones who are pushing me forward. Yeah, it's uh, it it is interesting, especially. And I've I've had this conversation with several people that for a non-open source kind of a paid you know, propri- you know, a closed source, if you will, platform, it's, it's got such a tight community that uh, everybody's, everybody's you know, sharing so much. I think there was a session earlier today of somebody launching an open source project to, to tie in Microsoft's cognitive services. Integrating that in his, uh, you know, th- they want to do that for the community. And if you look at, I don't know how many times I've reached out to folks where I've had you know, I've been struggling trying to get something to work, and somebody, somebody's like, "Oh yeah, I ran into that. You need to do this or that." So I think it's it's the the community is amazing, uh, in in that standpoint. Yeah, it, it really is, and especially the Slack part of it. I don't know how many times I ended up talking, and especially with Mike Reynolds, we had uh, sc- uh, screen sessions, 4 a.m. my time, and he's just having uh, his. Uh, cooling off period, he's finished with work and he's spending time with me doing the session sharing. And that's something that you don't expect from actually the closed product. You would expect that something from an open source. And actually you can just pop, pop the question and there is someone who either has had the same issue or if people didn't have it, they actually get interest to try to figure it out how to do it because someone else is going to bump into it. Yeah, yeah it's it's interesting too. And I think you touched on another part with, with Mike Reynolds being in Australia now and you're based here in the Netherlands. It's the, the, the worldwide nature of the, the community. I mean, I, I, when I had the conversation with Mark Cassidy uh, late last year when he started up the, the Sitecore Stack Exchange, you know, none of us, uh, you know, like being based in the U.S., it was Sitecore always had a strong community, but it was always mainly North American folks. And then it was always mainly European folks. And I think uh, you, you mentioned Slack. Slack has just really brought everyone together, and that you you get times where there's the overlap in our workday. We're kind of helping each other out. Yeah, not just Slack, but also uh, Twitter. Very often, I would just ask on Twitter, and also what helps out is I met so many people, and now most of them in real life. So they're not just virtual bonds; they're right. actually the real people. But that opened up a completely new world. So I started presenting on a different user groups uh, around the Europe. 
and uh, you see different things, you share different experiences. For example, one of the sessions that I was really happy to hear today was Amanda's with the Rapid Miner, because I also did a Rapid Miner last year. And actually, uh, when I started tweeting about it, Martina saw it, and she connected with me with Amanda, who I never met, so we ended up having a Skype call just talking about it, mm -hmm. because we shared the same uh, uh, interest. And that is something which is a rarity among any of the communities, and that's the part which I really, really love. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely a tight-knit community. So I think you, we were talking a little bit before we recorded here. You spent a lot of time, kind of, and currently spent a lot of time working with um, not so much Sitecore end users, but actual Sitecore partners, developers that are that are trying to learn the platform or trying to do implementations themselves. And I think one of the one of the things I always like to kind of hear and get some other people's take on is, what do you think is the you know kind of what what are the common mistakes you see people making on, on Sitecore? I think if you've been around Sitecore long enough, you end up kind of taking on a project and you're kind of like, wow, who 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 developed this or what were they thinking on this? Of you know, it, it's uh, you know, if I could do anything of trying to help people, you know, uh, not so much atone for the sins of the past, but not you know make the same mistakes that we've all made uh, going forward. I guess what are some of the kind of the the common you know, common pitfalls you see people running into? Well, I see two things. Uh, for one, um, some people are just focused on the development and development only, so just write the code and you end up as, it works on my machine, but it doesn't work somewhere else. That people don't think how their code actually impacts on the databases, how it actually impacts on um, other parts of the system. Mm -hmm. uh, so they need to think a bit more outside of the box. It's not anymore, I'm just going to be a happy developer sitting behind my screen and focus on my code. You need to be way more than that. Uh, and for example, uh, one of the things that I'm also seeing is that they don't have time. And I can also understand that because you know, the people are developing, there is a time pressure, you need to do a lot of things. There is, sometimes there is just no time for learning, which is unfortunate. But what happens is that you end up reusing some code that you have written for some other client or mm -hmm. some, for someone else. But that code is quite old and Sidecore for, for let's say the last two or three years has been releasing updates quite frequently. If we see from the last year up to now, there have been what, three or four updates right, already right. so far? And you kind of need to keep up and it's difficult and you end up having the piece of the code which actually was not that good. It was good for the previous versions, but actually it's not that good anymore for the newer versions. Yeah. And um, also it's just keep learning. That, that's the, the basic thing, because now we have uh, uh, FXM, we have a data exchange framework, which can help you out a lot, but people still didn't have the chance to try it out, to see how it behaves also for the upgrades uh, with the new release of the, of the Sitecore tool. And you have to have time to try it out, otherwise you will keep doing it the way how you did it half a year ago. And actually you will lose time there. Maybe yes, maybe not. But those are really the things which you see as a pitfall, that people get stuck in the same API, on the same Sitecore version, and they don't have time to go beyond that. Yeah, and I think it's a challenge, and that's why I, I really encourage folks to check out, you know, maybe not everybody can come to a conference like SugCon or, or Symposium, but there are definitely local user groups, and, you know, one of the benefits is, is obviously getting connected to the community, but also just being able to kind of 
get your head above water for a while and see yeah, what I else is going. I fully agree. Yeah. I fully agree because it's not possible for any of us to try all the things. For example, I would have loved to try a data exchange framework, but I just didn't have time. But luckily, one of the guys did it on the Sidecore user group in the Netherlands, so I actually saw the concept behind it. Uh -huh. Because if you look at how many actual products on, on the Sidecore platform there is, you can't keep up. Right, it's too right. difficult. You can't be brilliant in everything. So uh, the reason why I love going to the user groups is just to learn new things for which I don't have time to actually sit and do myself. No. Because someone else is doing that for you. And uh, I also encourage people to go to the user groups because it's also good for the brainstorming. You can exchange ideas. You can get the new ideas how to implement certain things. Because in all fairness, all the solutions share a common base you know there is a CMS um, there is some data stored somewhere else uh, perhaps like some kind of a CRM you need to make a connection there might, might be some kind of payment tool behind it some social networks but the base is the same so we are all doing in a way a bit similar thing it just a bit there are some uh, differences of course depending on the client but if someone has already done it, you don't need to try to discover America all over again. Right, right. Yeah, and I think it's definitely a case of, of knowing what else is in the platform as a, you know, especially if you're, if you're working for a partner or as, a, as an implementer, it's, it's, a, it's a key service to the end customer to kind of know, are they taking advantage of the whole platform? You know, they, a lot of customers look at, buying external products, not knowing that, you know, Sitecore does that work already. They'll look at a, a, a platform like Marketo or some sort of email system and that using something like EXM, the email experience manager might, might or might not serve their needs, but they don't even have the awareness. So they see Sitecore as a content management system. And yeah. And, and that is the biggest mistake because, um, the way how I look at it, it's a, it's a platform. It's a, it becomes a CMS when a developer makes it. Okay, now that has a bit changed with the release of the SXA, but in general, still developer needs to do some work for the content editors. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I see very often that uh, the end clients are doing, uh, it's very also difficult for them to change the platform and to try to learn new things. For example, very often I will hear, can I use Google Analytics? Because they're used to it. Right, right. So it takes time to show them, to train them, to get them interested in that. And then when they see the benefits, they will keep using it. So now you're you're kind of in a new role yourself. You're now, if I remember right, a senior product? Or senior solution developer for, for Hedgehog. For Hedgehog, yeah. right. So you're kind of starting, I think uh, almost every Sitecore developer at least is very familiar with Hedgehog between team development for Sitecore, which has kind of been rebranded. So there's team development for Sitecore Classic and uh, you know Razzle and, and Phaedra. And uh, from today, zero deploy. I'm still waiting to see the demo of that, but I think I've, I've, I've had a lot of people reach out and say, you really should check out the demo on that. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's, uh, and, and if you're listening, it's the, the concept of zero deploy, and check me if I'm wrong here, it's uh, when you deploy new assemblies out to your Sitecore instance, you typically have to wait for the app pool to recycle. Yeah, correct. Uh, which, which is, you know, in development isn't a bad, you know, in production is bad because that means you're not serving pages, but in development, it's, it, it becomes a, a stumbling block and it, it, it lengthens your development time that every time you make a code change, you have to wait for the IS application pool to recycle. Uh, and so you guys have kind of come up with a novel way of uh, avoiding that kind of penalty of waiting for the, yeah, uh, correct. For the app pool to recycle. 
Yeah, that's completely correct. As you're kind of looking to build out the practice that you're doing now, what are, what, what's some of the stuff that you're you're kind of focusing on these days? Well, the part which I really love about Hedgehog, I mean, it's not just uh, a product solution company. It also uh, brings the sidecore solutions and also helps out the sidecore partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part which I love the most is it keeps up with everything which is newly released. So there is always a time to get your hands dirty and to try out stuff. For example, um, we already tried out SXA and we got quite some experience with it. Uh, we are also trying the new commerce. And that is actually the part which I think that makes us difference. And with because Hedgehog actually invests time in us to mm-hmm. try out things, and but that way it actually makes you in a better position to help out the end client and the actual sidecore partner because uh, you already found the obstacles right. and you know on what to pay attention to. Yep. Because as we all know, there is no such thing as a complete documentation, and there are a lot of things that you just won't find. And sometimes what we all do is decompile the DLLs and just read the code and try to figure out what is happening. Right, right. And you already got the time to invest in that and to see it firsthand. And when the actual project or client or end partner or the sidecore partner comes in, you're already prepared to go. And that's, I think, really the part which I love about Hedgehog. Kind of the, the helping helping partners kind of help yeah. each other. It's uh, Yeah, I've, I've run into quite a few people from Hedgehog and it's a... Uh, you know, it's a really great group of folks out there. Uh, I talked to uh, Sean Holmesby all the while. Hey, Sean, I know you're probably listening. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a great group of great group of folks there, and a great great suite of products. I think that you know, if if you haven't um, if you haven't looked at team development for Sitecore, definitely it goes a lot beyond the the simple serialization of Sitecore yeah, data. Yeah, of course. And where I really see it used the most is when you have a full OTAP environments and uh, the build. Uh, and releases, it really helps out the process a lot. And I've seen it used with a lot of clients with the Octopus. Mm-hmm. And there, I think it really helps a yeah. lot. Yeah, I, I, I would echo that as well. I've, I've had a number of clients that wanted to build a continuous integration, continuous deployment environment. Uh, we end up using TDS deployment packages uh, and automating that through Octopus. And it was... Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a very nice workflow, uh, a little bit to get set up and kind of finicky to get set up and working. But once it once it is, uh, it, very it saves up really a lot of time. And there are also uh, cool little features, for example, for Helix with um, um, Cop, uh that you can just check the code for you and to tell you whether you're actually doing the job right or wrong. And there is also to build the reports to generate, which is actually sometimes very handy because you actually have the clients who need to have the full reports for each of the releases to production. Mm-hmm. The, um, sometimes law just requires it depending on in which branch. Yeah, compliance issues yeah, or compliance something Yeah, like compliance issues, exactly. So you need to have those reports and that is where uh, TDS really comes handy because it's way more than synchronization tool. And I know I've been hearing a lot Unicorn versus TDS. I mean, it's not the same thing. Right, right. It, it's completely, completely, yes, you do sync items, but there is way the entire world around it and above that. Right, right. Yeah, and I think it is a different, it's a, it's a different beast altogether. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely. Being based in, in the Netherlands here, um, you're obviously kind of plugged into the Sitecore user groups locally, I guess. What, how, would you, how would you characterize the kind of the local user group? Uh, that, that exists in, in, in kind of this area of Europe, um, you know, knowing full well that, you know, Sitecore Netherlands and Sitecore Nordic were responsible for putting on kind of Subcon EU this year. 
Um, I, I guess what, what's been your experience with kind of the Sitecore user groups on a local level? Well, I really have to take my hat off to the to the Dutch user group, really, because those guys have planned the schedule. I think until middle. 2018. Okay. So every month there is in a different company there there's going to be uh, an event, and uh, it's a very big user group. I think one of the biggest in Europe, yeah. uh, next to the UK, I believe. Okay. And there there are lots of MEPs there, really lots of guys with plenty of experience. And uh, I have to admit, my, my actual first presentation was on a Dutch user group. Uh -huh. I was shaking like a leaf. <laughs> I was terrified because there were so many of them. And I know that all of them have so many experience. Yeah. And um, most of the European user groups, they come once in, let's say, three or four months. But here you actually have it almost every month. Now there's going to be, I think, a little break for the summer. Uh -huh. But in general, this, the quality of the session is very high and uh, a lot of different companies, are they have their focuses. So mm -hmm. you, and, and actually, by the end, you manage to cover everything. That's nice. I, I, I help organize the user group in the, in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. Um, so if you're, if you're not from the U.S., uh, Milwaukee is just a little bit north of, uh, of the Chicago area. It's a you know, fairly larger metropolitan city. I think everybody knows Milwaukee for its beer history. But you know, we, we have struggled for a while um, to, to get enough people uh, to, to keep them interesting so that we have people attending, um, but not have them too often that, you know, we kind of lose people off. We've kind of, we've settled on a every other month, uh, especially taking kind of the summer off because, you know, we, we live in northern, in the northern Midwest. It's, you know, and nobody has anything to do in the winter. So, like, we can get people out. But once it's summer, everybody wants to go outside and all that. So, it's like attendance is low. Well, I think what it helps in the Netherlands is you have really a lot of sidecar partners. And uh, you will always see the usual suspects, uh, the user groups. And that's actually quite some number of people. So even if someone misses, there is always someone else to fill in. So the actual interest uh, is very, it's very high. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun organizing the user group. Uh, you know, I've got a couple other, a couple other folks that, that help out, and it's, uh, you know, I, again, I know we've kind of beaten it into the ground, but it's a, it's a great resource if you can't make it to the larger, uh, the the larger conferences out there, just to kind of get a sense of what's going on in, in the Psychor world, and 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 have that, that knowledge of different you know, different parts of Psychor that you may not have uh, immediate all, exposure to. Yeah, and also what helps is, I mean, for example, uh, Robert, uh, he records most of the sessions and they're done in English, so you'll always see them on YouTube in a case you have missed something or you didn't have time to see it or you're somewhere else you know, on the other continent in a different time zone. Yeah. Uh, the content is always available, so the guys will immediately put the PowerPoint presentations, which you'll be able to see, so the slides, and after that, the YouTube video will follow up. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and we're doing. We're we're trying to do the same, and I know most of the other user groups are are doing that as well of trying to record their sessions and and make sure that uh, you know they get shared out. So, well, Una, it's been great talking to you. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Uh, Thank where you very where can much. people find you online? Uh, mostly you, they can find me on Twitter because I'm quite a Twitter junkie, uh -huh. uh, <laughs> which I think everyone has seen today because I've been spamming Twitter. But uh, yeah, you can always find me on LinkedIn, on Slack. It's always uh, just my first name, last name, but mainly Twitter. Great, great. And thanks for listening in. We'll uh, talk to you guys next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Core Sampler. To see show notes from this and past episodes, please visit coresampler.fm. 
There, you can also subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and then go to iTunes to rate and comment on our show. Even if you're using a different app to listen to us, those ratings and reviews really do help others find us. Are you a professional working with Sitecore and interested in joining the show? Or would you like to leave some feedback directly? We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at coresampler.fm. That is all for this episode of Core Sampler. We'll see you next time.